welcome to the Mindwaves podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, and in each episode I'll be sharing positive news, stories and information about mental health in Greater Glasgow and Clyde. This is the second in our three-part series looking at the effects of the menopause on mental health and well-being. We will be talking to three women with different experiences of the menopause. While the menopause typically affects middle-aged women, it can affect people earlier in their lives for a variety of reasons. Today, we're speaking to Maddie Doherty. My name is Maddie. I'm the communications coordinator for Mindwaves, so I run the blog on social media. I'm also just about to finish a master's in creative writing, so I like doing writing for the blog, writing short stories. Fantastic. Would you mind telling us what led to your experience of medically induced menopause? I was diagnosed with endometriosis a few years ago and I tried a few different treatments. I tried kind of various different birth controls, the contraceptive pill, the coil, and then my gynecologist suggested that I try getting an injection called the decapeptile injection, which induces menopause. And it's kind of, you get one injection and then for either a month or three months, your body undergoes a medical menopause and then it reverts back. So I'm only 23, it wasn't a natural menopause. It was a kind of, yeah, a medically induced one. So I had two of those injections last year in the summer and they lasted overall about six months. Thank you very much for sharing that experience. Would you mind explaining for people who might not know what is your experience of endometriosis? Because I know it's a little bit different for everyone. It's it's not an all or nothing thing. Yeah, of course. Well, endometriosis in its kind of medical term is it's a chronic illness where endometrial cells grow outside the uterus and endometrial cells are supposed to be contained within the uterus so when they grow anywhere outside of it. It's bad. A lot of people get heavy periods. My main experience of endometriosis is pain, severe abdominal pain, yeah, heavy periods and migraines connected to my menstrual cycle. That's my experience of it. But I know that everybody is different and the list of symptoms can be unbelievable. Endometriosis affects a lot of people with uteruses. So if you if you have painful periods, that they're not supposed to be like that, then there's a possibility that you should see your doctor and get checked. Right, right. Did you notice that this combination of endometriosis and then medically induced menopause did that have any effect on your mental health yeah it had it had quite a huge negative effect on my mental health actually I remember my mum saying to me when she went through the menopause that she felt very flat which I thought was a really good descriptor of the way I felt it was a kind of I wouldn't call it a depression or anything it was a kind of sneaking negative mental health period because I didn't notice it I just felt like I wasn't feeling as joyful and excited about things as I normally do. I was feeling a bit down, but yeah, in a kind of slow creeping way, it wasn't stopping me from doing the things I needed to do or functioning. It was just kind of taking the, taking the fun out of it, which was hard for me to deal with because the menopause injections really helped my physical symptoms. They Mm. did what they were supposed to. In that sense, I just, one of the side effects for me was very poor yeah, period of mental health, which has gone away now, but it did take quite a while. When you're having any kind of treatment that affects hormone production, it messes with your mental health in a in a crazy way. I mean, most people who have periods understand the the way that your moods can change 
depending on what week of your cycle you're in mm -hmm. and it's that for me it's always that kind of feeling of during the week run up to my period I would feel so weepy and then every month I would be surprised when I got my period for some reason and then I would feel like oh of course <laughs> that's why I was feeling like that my experience of the injection was less the kind of mood swings that I was used to the kind of weepiness you want to comfort eat and you want to be comforted and that kind of thing and more just this kind of quite scary like flatness it was distinct from something that you weren't you were maybe used to handling you you have systems in place to manage it so this is a completely new way that your body was interacting with the world around you and with yourself were you afraid or worried or was it mostly just that flatness when I realized what was happening because it did take me a while to notice especially because I had quite a lot of the physical symptoms as well I had hot flashes my migraines were triggered quite badly because my migraines are triggered by honestly anything so whenever I try a new kind of medication I know that I'll have a bad few weeks with my migraines and then they'll kind of balance out because I was having those symptoms which were quite easy to pinpoint and I didn't realize what was going on with my mental health that when I did realize I felt like it was the injection I felt quite relieved <laughs> right okay but it wasn't me almost I think that was the main symptom that made me decide to not continue on with that course of treatment it isn't a treatment that people go on for very long because it has various risks with like bone density issues etc and mm -hmm. it's not good for your long-term reproductive organs to kind of be switched off like mm -hmm. that so I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing but I was asked if I wanted to try a third course of it and I said no all of the physical side effects I felt quite equipped to deal with because I was used to kind of being in pain in various certain ways and managing that but the the mental thing I found very scary were there people in your life that you felt were able to support you? You mentioned contacting your mother. I spoke to my mom about it. It was interesting. We had an interesting conversation about it because I don't really remember my mom going through the menopause. I don't think it's something that we talk about often. I think maybe because the average age of people going through the menopause in the UK, I think is 51, mm -hmm. which is a demographic of especially women who I don't think we hear stories from enough mm. and I think often can feel quite invisible mm. in society so I think in a way compared to my mom I, I was lucky to be quite well informed because it wasn't a quote-unquote natural thing for my body to be doing at that time mm -hmm. I was able to have a chat with my gynecologist and my GP about what was happening it was also kind of you know measure in a measured amount of time I was getting the injection so I felt lucky to kind of know what was happening whereas it must be very scary to be in your 40s or 50s and not know what's happening necessarily and also maybe not having as receptive medical professionals because they see it as something that your body was kind of always going to do and I don't think we talk about the mental effects of being a woman I mean not everybody who menstruates is a woman but a huge majority is and this idea that you're a child and then when you get your period you kind of blossom into a woman mm -hmm. so if if that's the kind of things that we hear does going through the menopause mean that you're kind of that's your time out you're not you're not a woman anymore you're not like focused on society anymore I think that must have been really hard for my mother and other people going through the menopause and that was something that I didn't have to think about as much although I did definitely think about it. <laughs> I was just chatting to a historian friend 
who was reading a book about Victorian women, it mentioned the fact that you were only considered a woman between, like you said, the period when you start your menstrual cycle. And then once you, once you go through the menopause, they were perceived to become more masculine and have all of the masculine yeah. traits without having the, let's say, socialized masculine equipment. And yeah. therefore they were kind of reviled. They were, there was a feeling that once you entered this liminal stage of not being considered gendered female. Yeah. That you were something to be hated or something to be not really interacted with. So there really was a kind of time limit on your accepted existence in society as, yeah. a, as a woman in the Victorian period, because in modern culture, that kind of still is a factor. You see women disappearing from entertainment around that time period. You go, oh, what, what about her? She was really cool. And then, oh, she's not working anymore. Yeah. I wonder why. And then you kind of slowly start to put together, oh, it's an age thing. But it was really yeah. difficult to see it spelled out in black and white. They were behaving more like men. Men at the time period didn't like that. They were ostracized from society. I think in a way, hearing you describe it there, I mean, not the ostracization part of it, but it sounds quite liberating in a way. <laughs> it does, actually, yeah. <laughs> I think the sad thing is that we expect women to not age and to not talk about aging. So I think the, the pressures to kind of continue to conform to beauty standards and stuff of younger women feels like such a prison. I find it very enjoyable when you see somebody who's almost thought oh well I'm I'm aging I'm being told I'm invisible by society so I'm kind of just going to do whatever I want and that's going to be liberating mm -hmm. uh, which is nice but hard I think to do. It seems like it's a very multifaceted aspect with it not coming with age for you you mentioned that you thought a little bit about the the socialized relationship between menstruation and femininity did any of that come up for you? I felt like I had a bit of a gender crisis because I do not view my body as a kind of thing that was made to have children but then when you are diagnosed with a reproductive illness it, it does come, come into the forefront and all of the gynecologists and doctors that I saw barring the gynecologist I see now um, took having children they didn't ask me if it was something I was interested in they were very interested in kind of preserving my fertility for a future that they hadn't really asked me if I wanted. My current gynecologist asked me and I said, I don't know because I don't know if it's something I'm interested in, but I do know that I value my own body and my own health that I have now a lot more than I value a kind of hypothetical body in the future that might have a child. If you define women by their ability to bear children, you exclude a lot of people from that narrative. A lot of people who have endometriosis or PCOS or those things it doesn't mean that that choice is taken away from them necessarily. What did you find helpful when you started experiencing menopause type symptoms? Talking about it basically is kind of the main thing for me. I like to talk through everything that I do and before I when I was kind of making up my mind to go to get the injection which was nice I had a meeting with my gynecologist and she kind of said to me I'll book you in for an appointment that you are 
free to kind of come to and get the injection, but you're also free to come to and just want to talk it through or tell me that you've changed your mind. And she was like, don't cancel the appointment, come anyway, and we'll talk about it and that kind of thing. It meant that I had time to kind of think it through. And I told everybody that I know, basically, like, this is what's happening to me. (laughs) And I might be uh, moody or flaky or tired (laughs) or not around. I think, you know, when you don't talk about something, it becomes shameful sometimes. And It wasn't something that I viewed as secretive anymore, although I think if I was a teenager still, I would have felt very shameful about it. I would have felt very embarrassed. Have you noticed a change in attitude around reproductive issues in the people you interact with? So say when you were a teenager, when you were in school, how people reacted to these issues, and then now in your more adult life, shall we say, as opposed (laughs) (laughs) have you you noticed a change in attitudes around these things? I can't talk society-wide, but for me, definitely. Although I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how in high school periods were something that was very taboo for me, I suppose. And it wasn't like I witnessed people talking about it and getting made fun of. It was more that there was this unspoken rule that we would not talk about it and I remember boys I went to school with making jokes about girls being like moody because they were on their periods and stuff I remember that being a joke but it was just yeah this unspoken rule that you don't talk about it but then I was thinking I felt like that I also never really gave anybody a chance to be nice about it because I yeah I didn't talk about it so then I grew up a little bit I went to university and the circles I run in now we talk about it all the time and I was like I was part of my friend was the president of the period poverty society at university where I went so we were all kind of handing out badges and showing banners all the time that had slogans saying you know like I bleed and (laughs) all that stuff so it's really something I do not feel ashamed of anymore and I also do think sometimes when I encounter people often cis men who have a discomfort around periods I think, well, you will, you will know and love women in your life and you will know and love people in your life who will have periods. And if you are embarrassed about it, then it is really something you're going to have to get over. Yeah, it's only going to get in the way of your own happiness, really. Yeah, (laughs) that's why I found it very strange in school that they used to split up the genders in sex education, because I thought we even if we are not that gender that will be experiencing those things, we will know and love members of that gender mm-hmm. throughout our lives. And it's important to know. You'll have family members, you'll have co-workers that you get very close with. So even if you don't have close friends of the opposite gender, you will have people in your life that matter. You might have a son or a daughter one day if, you, if yeah, you're somebody who wants children. Yeah. And you don't want to be feeling uncomfortable around your kids. Yeah, and I mean, how nice if it, I was kind of talking periods there, but how nice would it be if we were taught about the menopause at usually an age, perhaps, where our parents would have been going through it, and it would have been nice to have that kind of education, take that burden away from your parents, so you can be a little bit kinder to them yeah, in a time where teenage parent relationships are usually quite fraught. <laughs> And they might not fully understand what was happening to them as well, like you said. And how are you supposed to explain that to a child if you don't know what's happening? What would you say to somebody who is experiencing medical menopause, maybe somebody who is confused and and coming to you? If it was somebody my age who hadn't been through it, I would probably 
be able to enjoy being a little bit patronizing and be like, oh, I've been there, I've been there. I don't feel like I can <laughs> give advice to a woman who've had a lot more life experience than me. I think I would say if you feel like you can talk about it, you should talk about it. And if you feel like you can't talk about it, maybe think about why you feel that. And if it's a sense of embarrassment or shame, know that I guess until we start talking about it, it's always going to be shameful. And until we start hearing stories of people going through the menopause, nobody's going to know what it is and people aren't going to educate themselves about it. And I think the people I would like to be hearing from are the people who are going through menopause in their 50s and their 40s who are kind of excluded from societal conversations often I would like to hear from them you're completely right breaking the silence in these areas getting more stories out there so if people would like to hear more from you where can they go you can follow me on twitter at at maddie doherty or you can follow me on instagram at madeline doc underscore I am writing. I just wrote a long form essay about nannying and endometriosis that I'm trying to get out there. So yeah, that's where you can hear from me. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to appear in the podcast or if you need assistance with your podcast, then get in touch by email podcasts at mindwavesnews.com.